Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing previous rookie preseason performances. What does it mean? And who was actually really good in the preseason? It's all brought to you by DraftKings. College football season is just around the corner, and to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, you wrote the article over at PFF.com looking back because here at PFF, we grade every single player on every play, even in the preseason. We started it back in 2013. You have access to all of that if you have premium stats, all a part of your PFF Elite Package. But you went and looked at all the rookies who you know, came out of the gates and looked really, really good. So let's discuss which rookies historically looked good and how much can we glean from preseason performances as we look forward here. Yeah, I don't think it means a whole lot because I, I highlighted the ones that did succeed, but there's also a bunch of guys at the top of that list that did not. Um, so I think, you know, if you're pointing to the success stories and saying, see, you can see it, preseason tells you all kinds of stuff, I think it's very much, you know, survivorship bias. But there are players that turned into very good NFL players who did hit the ground running, and several of them are probably only in the position to get the kind of opportunity that they've had since because they had strong preseasons. Like, it did make a material difference in terms of these guys making it onto rosters and then growing, uh, getting an opportunity in the regular season and turning into really good players. And some of the guys on this list definitely fit that category. I'd say the, the biggest name on the list for me is, is Dak Prescott, right? I mean, we, when we talk about quarterbacks and overrating their performance, and we talked about this on the PFF NFL podcast. Remember Daniel Jones a couple years ago, he made two good throws, and people were like, that's it. Sign him up. Not just as a starter. He's Hall of Fame. He's there. Uh, but I do think you can see a lot, at least what early performance is going to look like for quarterbacks. The, the phrase I always used was comfort level. When it came to Dak and just stepping in and just not looking overwhelmed as a rookie, he looked very comfortable in the pocket. And I thought it was the most important thing when we talk about rookie quarterbacks and what you're going to look for early in the preseason. And I think Dak is the best example of a guy that just looked just looked like he belonged. The grades showed it, but also just you felt it and you saw it early in the preseason. Yeah, Dak was already winning that job, but the preseason I think was important for him just as a reassurance, you know, to to point to the Cowboys and say, yeah, look, he really is able for this. He's ready to go into the preseason or to go into the regular season as the team starter, despite being this fourth round quarterback that nobody really saw coming. Um, His adjusted completion rate that year was like 90%, five touchdowns, no picks, just one turnover worthy play. Like Dak Prescott looked in the preseason exactly the way he looked throughout training camp that year, which was A, way better than anybody expected and B, good enough that the team was comfortable enough turning the keys over to him. I love one of the names that you put on the list. It's Chris Borland, the linebacker from the San Francisco 49ers. Does anybody remember Chris Borland, if you're listening to this show? The 49ers had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman for the longest time. You know, Two of maybe even the best linebackers in the NFL, one and two, for a stretch of time. And all of a sudden, they needed to replace them, and Chris Borland comes in 
and was incredible in the preseason and then in the regular season. Just an absolute monster against the run, even though he was undersized. Uh, 90-plus PFF grade during his preseason in 2014. But then he retired after the 2014 season when all that concussion stuff was coming out. But, man, hashtag fun to watch. Chris Borland was all over the field, both in preseason and in regular season. I mean, Chris Borland is one of the most amazing, like, what-if stories of the player that we never got to see, really, or didn't get to see enough of. Everything we saw from him was phenomenal. Incredible as a, in his preseason, incredible as a rookie. He would be going into year eight, I think, now if he was still playing. So, like, he, he would still be at, in the prime of his career, like coming towards the end of his career. He might have been there with Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner. Like, it might have been a trio or Levante David as well. There might have been four of these just phenomenal linebackers over the last um, X number of years. But instead, Borland played that one season, looked incredible, was also incredible in the preseason, and then walked away from the game because of fears over concussions and CTE and the effects that they have on the human brain. And, you know, you can't criticize him for that. It's a perfectly fair decision. It's just sad for all of us that love watching incredible linebacker play like that, that we just we didn't get to see much of it from Borland before he made that call. I know you have a bunch of wide receivers on this list, and I feel like this is one of those positions where, uh, like the great Braylon Edwards, uh, I'm sorry, the great Brian Edwards over with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, he's tearing it up, right? Because I think it's easy for a receiver to shine in camp and then in preseason, but it's not easy for those guys to see the field. Uh, A lot of there's only so many targets to go around, and if you're tearing it up in camp or tearing it up in the preseason, you, that, that might earn you the number four wide receiver job or five wide receiver job. That's what happened to Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots, 2019. Yeah, you have Kenny Stills on this list from back in 2013. And then Robbie Anderson of the Jets in 2016. All guys who, who really came out looking good, but also kind of had to you know earn their way a little bit and, and earn those targets over time, even though they were impressive right off the bat. Yeah, I think, you know, being in the on the second and third team uh, in terms of when you're a wide receiver, it's the one position where I think it can actually get you just a ton of opportunities because you're going to see 30 targets, 40 targets in the course of a preseason if you're that buried on the depth chart. And if you're a wide receiver with some talent and you get that kind of workload, you can show some stuff. So I think wide receiver is one of those positions where you can actually be set up to really earn a roster spot based off being buried on the depth chart, being lower down and getting the sort of rare chance in preseason that you just wouldn't get, A, in other positions, or B, if you're higher up on the depth chart and you're kind of preserved and held back. So for guys like Robbie Anderson and Jacoby Myers, you know, these were undrafted players that got a chance to show that they could hang. And Anderson in particular showed like right away that this dude has blazing speed, you know, averaged 20 yards a catch in his preseason despite getting a lot of targets. Um, and immediately the Jets, you know, didn't have a ton of great receivers at the time, are like, okay, we should probably keep this guy around and let's see if he can turn into something better. Eventually, you know, emerged as their best wide receiver for a while. And Jacoby Myers is a similar thing. Like an undrafted guy working his way, saw an absolute ton of volume that season, whenever it was, 2019. Um, and then that's he's worked his way to being like the only receiver in the Patriots roster that can get open consistently. So I, I know we're spending an entire episode on this. Not, so we, we feel like it's fun to discuss the preseason and everything. But one of the you said it doesn't matter at the top. Here's one of the ways to highlight that. Kenny Stills was great right off the bat, right? 
Robbie Anderson was great right away. They both had their highest preseason receiving grade in their rookie year. Right. And they haven't matched it since as they've become, you know, theoretically more polished players. You know, however you want to look at that. Maybe they were facing backups early in their career. But again, it's just funny because it's not this just linear growth in the but preseason. That's, to that's the exactly season. what it is, I think, is because that first preseason, you get that opportunity against second and third team guys. And while it might not mean anything, I think it's really important for your chance of becoming the player that then gets protected or then gets to roll up against the, the first team and just be, it, it's an opportunity for these guys that you're not going to get later down the line once you've already earned it. But for those guys, it's the reason they're a thing. You know, if, they, if Robbie Anderson or Jacoby Myers had had a good training camp and then maybe in preseason got 25 targets and caught four passes, they're probably not in the roster. They're probably in, getting cut. Um, but instead, you know, Anderson with his 20 yards per catch, 13 catches, 185 snaps that preseason. And Jacoby Myers had an absolute ton as well. He had like 250 yards in the course of a preseason. Like those are numbers that will probably stop you getting cut if it's close. Don't forget, back in episode 120 of the PFF NFL Daily, we discussed the most intriguing rookies to watch in the preseason so we already we already gave our list of who we'll be keeping an eye on. Let's let's wrap this up. Which other names when you went back through our PFF Elite package and you're going through all the old preseason grades, who else stood out and you know brought you back down uh, memory memory lane when you're talking about preseason performances that we've graded over these last seven or eight years? Well, I thought it was kind of fun that both of Buffalo's starting tackles right now had really strong preseasons amongst the best we've seen. Um, Deion Dawkins, their left tackle, Daryl Williams. Uh, Their right tackle, Williams, was with the Carolina Panthers back in 2015 when he had a strong showing. But, yeah, both of Buffalo's starting uh, tackles had really good preseasons. And then all the way back, the first preseason we graded, Kyle Long um, had a phenomenal preseason for the Chicago Bears and then went on, was their starter, I think, at right guard that season um, and just started with preseason. You got to see this dominant display, had a single game where he had a 98 grade which is uh, pretty good, pretty good, Steve. Um, and then, yeah. We got the hype going on Kyle Long because, yeah, we had just started posting grades back then, and we didn't have college grades at the time. So we didn't we didn't have a baseline for what Kyle Long was at Oregon, right? And he, and he shows up, and it's like, all right, you know, PFF says Kyle Long is going to be a really good player. It turned out to be the case. So preseason might not always matter, but it's fun looking back at guys that performed well and the future – contributors that were unlocked in the preseason again go back and listen to which rookies we are most looking forward to it's episode 120 let us know who you're looking forward to seeing this preseason as well it's the pff nfl data